So, this one's probably going to be a little bit of an interesting story, and or maybe even a tough story. I assume that it is going to be a tough story, actually. I think it's going to be a, a story according to the quick little kind of uh, introduction, some sort, or kind of description for this book summary. It is going to be quite a tough story, and it's going to be a story that's, that's also going to show you how good your life is, and how well your life is, because at my point of view, it is something that a lot of people kind of are missing out on. Also, myself, I do not really want to exclude me there. Um, often I'm feeling like, well, everything is shit, and I'm unhappy, and whatnot, and uh, I don't know, by being grateful, and by having the perspective that somebody else on this planet is having a life that's way, way, way harder than mine is, like, it could really solve it, you know, it could really solve this quote-unquote problem of mine, and not just problem of, of other people in general as well, to maybe not have the per perspective, and maybe kind of feeling like, okay, you know, only your life is shit, but it is not really the case, you know, but there's going to be more after the intro, as always. And something that I'm clearly noticing is that uh, when I'm not sleeping enough or just a lot, then I completely notice that my speaking part is not as good as it actually could be, you know? Especially if it is about, like, sleeping for, like, uh, I don't know, five hours a night and for several days, then it's, it's totally not gonna do any good to me, you know? It's totally gonna be something that's not that nice, you know? It's gonna... I do not want to say hurt me. Maybe it actually does hurt me, you know? Because it's probably having something to do with my brain. Some sort of, I actually assume that or think that because what should it be just either? I don't know, what should it be besides my brain and besides my thinking apparatus or something? <laughs> but yeah, as I said before, we're gonna go through another book summary because I think the book summaries are really great and that we all are able to just learn quite a lot of things through those book summaries and because I found this pretty great website, the link is going to be down in the description as always, I think... Um, yeah, it's it's really quite a good website, you know. I really think it is a good website, even though it's only just some uh, notes from a book. You know, it's not really a summary, but it's only some notes. But still, I gotta have to say that it is better than nothing. And um, just because we went through the um, summary of Seneca's Letters from a Stoic, which has been a really, really, really good one, at least at my point of view, or in my point of view. I, I really believe that these book summaries are still really great and really applicable as well, and also consumable as well. Yeah, let's actually see if what the book is actually all about. Quite. High-level thoughts. Holy shit, what a ride. Absolutely amazing story of perseverance and leadership. A must-read. Whatever struggles you think you are going through simply cannot compare. And it is basically like, I'm, I'm only just actually reading this small little description before I'm actually choosing the books because there's also no cover. Because according to the cover, or I wouldn't have chosen this book because of the cover. Because the cover is like just quite boring and quite shit. The typography is actually pretty great to be really honest. But the rest is like, meh, it's okay. You know, maybe endurance as such is probably going to be a pretty good word, you know, to describe the whole book itself. But you don't know, you know, you don't know if it's actually going to be a good title, you know, without reading the book or with, without reading the text on the back of the book. But let's go through the notes, you know, let's actually head right into it and let's go through it right ahead. For scientific leadership, give me Scott. For swift and efficiency or efficient travel, a Munson. But when you are in a hopeless situation, when there seems no way out, get down on your knees and pray for Shackleton. I don't know who Shackleton is, which is a British explorer during one of his Antarctic expeditions, which lasted from 1940 to 1960, Shackleton's ship Endurance, so it's probably going to be about Shackleton, I guess. His 
ship Endurance was crushed in the ice. Shackleton and his crew eventually reached an island from where he and five others set out in an open boat on a 1,300 kilometer, which is 800 miles, Joyenne to South Georgia to get help. 800 fucking miles. 1,300 fucking kilometers. It's just really a fucking lot. Like, it's really a long, long, long fucking travel. But interesting, you know? Now we know what the book is actually quite all about. And it really is an endurance-taking journey, I would say. Like, 1,300 kilometers, 800 miles, like, it is insane. It was a dramatic gesture, but that was the way Shackleton wanted it. From studying the outcome of past expeditions, he believed that those had burdened themselves with equipment to meet every contingent had fared much worse than those that had sacrificed total preparedness for speed. And it actually makes sense, and I gotta have to say that it's probably gonna be one of the toughest decisions that you have to make before you're going on such an expedition, because, I mean, like, going with every single tool, you know, and just taking every single tool with you that might be actually kind of important makes sense you know it, it really does make sense because maybe you need it you know maybe you're gonna be need in need of it maybe it's just gonna basically save your life you know it could also just be kind of the completely vice versa basically the thing is of course it's probably also gonna be about speed you know if you're too slow i guess you know i, I really am not a sailor you know i do not actually have any clue of sailing but i'm assuming that if you're too slow maybe the food that you're taking with you is not gonna last for example or you might just, I don't know, other things, you know, not being just, or actually being slow, you know, let's take it like this, being slow seems not to be quite a good thing for me. But I also have to say, having a look at how things have been in the past also quite makes sense. And we're actually having the opportunity to do that in really quite every single fucking situation or in every single just area or space of life, you know, whether it be about business, whether it be about sailing as he did it, whether it be about banking, whether it be about art, we are having the data, we are having the history, and we are also having the books and the, f the movies and whatnot, which are also kind of about this history. And by going through history and seeing how things did actually makes sense, because history is repeating itself over and over again, which is something that probably you have seen as well, and it's probably, I don't know if it is actually a phenomenon or phenomenon, whatever, whatever it's called, but it might actually be, I'm not quite sure, but going back into the past and seeing what outcomes there have been because of what reasons and whatnot makes sense. Still, I really do want to communicate that it doesn't necessarily have to be the case that it is going to show you some valuable things. It might be showing you how things have been in the past, you know, which totally makes sense if you're just looking up the past. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it is also going to work in the now, just because it's been something from the past, you know. It is something that worked in the past, and the past had completely different circumstances as we're having now. Especially if you're comparing, like, if you're kind of, like, if you're talking about business, you know, back in the days, there was no fucking internet businesses. So, yeah, is it, like, applicable to some degree? Completely, yeah. Completely, just in general, all the things that you're going to see, maybe not really, you know, because we're having other opportunities, we're having other tools that we can be using and whatnot. And yet, they had adjusted with surprisingly little trouble to their new life, and most of them were quite sincerely happy. The adaptability of the human creature is such that they actually had to remind themselves on a co occasion of their desperate circumstances. And that's actually kind of fucked up. <laughs> on November the 4th, Macklin wrote in his diary, It has been a lovely day, and it is hard to think we are in a frightfully a precarious or carious situation, which is actually really fucked up, to, to quite be honest. Like, if you're actually in a just really fucked up situation and you can actually have the, the ability to think positively about that, it is amazing. 
It really is amazing. It would actually be interesting if they are talking about it in the book a little bit more. Though he was virtually fearless in the physical sense, he suffered an almost pathological dread of losing control of the situation. In part, this attitude grew out of a consuming sense of responsibility. He felt he had gotten them into their situation and it was his responsibility to get them out. As a consequence, he was intensively and or intensely, intensely watchful for potential troublemakers who might nibble away at the unity of the group. Which might also be actually something uh, quite valuable as I'm thinking about it. Like being the leader, being the body or being the somebody that uh, had everything in control or got everything in control as well. Seems quite a good thing. Seems quite an interesting and valuable thing. And what I'm seeing right there is that this one is actually not really long. <laughs> because we have nearly already finished it. <laughs> Fuck, I should have checked that before I guess. <laughs> but still, you know, it's it's quite a good one. Um but we are definitely going to finish that one. What might have been an act of, re of reasonable caution to the average person was to Shackleton a destatable admission that failure was a possibility. And what you can see there is that the author of, I don't know if it is like a real quote, like if it is like just kind of exactly what they said in the book or he said in the book, but if you just think about admission, that failure was possibility. That failure was a possibility. I kind of feel like that Shackleton was a person that really didn't believe in failure or didn't believe in just that the mission is going to fail and they're all going to die. I kind of have a funny feeling that he didn't really think about it or he thought about it, but it was kind of like just, no, it's not going to happen. Anyway, so why should I kind of waste my time and think about that? Like, which would be actually pretty cool. You know, I'm assuming that by, by actually reading this. And so that's Percular brand of anxiety, born of an impossible goal to somehow comes within reach, began to infect them. Nothing overt, really just a sort of added awareness, a little more caution, more care to ensure that nothing preventable should go wrong. Which also makes sense. I kind of do think like this has been Endurance by Alfred Lansing. You can get it on Amazon apparently. It's maybe gonna be a pretty interesting story. Maybe you look it up, maybe you're going to read it, maybe you're going to read a different summary on it, because there's probably going to be another one, you know, especially because it's such a, or it seems to be such a classic, or such a more or less classical book. I kind of have a funny feeling that it's, that, that, that just has to be another summary of it, you know, that just really has to be another summary of this book. Maybe a good one, maybe a bad one, but yeah, you know, let's actually see, because I'm seeing that bunch of other books, the autobiography of Benjamin Franklin Franklin, I'm sorry, um, would actually be pretty interesting to go through and it is really incredibly short. Wow, it really is fucking short. I think we're gonna go through that as well. I know I, because we're having the time and it maybe makes sense, but it isn't rated that nice as I'm just seeing it as a 7 out of 10. I know it's still pretty good though, you know, it's not like 1 out of 10 or something. So the high level thoughts, which is kind of the summary of the summary, I would say. Good history of Franklin's life, but I found it kind of hard to get through at times. Likely from the older language, still worth a read, though, especially for some of uh, some of his thinking around self-improvement. Also, I realized uh, I never realized how old he was during the revolution. The summary notes: Franklin's process for improving his writing. He took old copies of the Spectator which seems to be a book because it's THE Spectator, found sections he liked and wrote down hints to what they were saying. Then, after a few days, he tried rec recreating those sections in his own language based on the hints. First, he realized that his word choice could be better, so he forced himself to turn the sentiments into poetry to stretch his vocabulary. Then, he tried mixing up the order of his hints to see how, how he thought about and could improve 
his structure, which is a really great tactic, I would say, you know, a really great strategy, I would say. So convenient, I think, is to be a reasonable creature since it enables one to find or make a reason for everything one has a mind to do. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I should have mentioned before that in the autumn of the pre-sending year, I had formed most of my ingenious acquaintance into a club of mutual improvement, which was called the Junto or Junto 40. Uh, 54, I'm sorry. We met on Friday evenings. The rules that I drew up required that every member in his, in his turn should produce one or more queries on any point of morals, politics and or natural philosophy to be discussed by the company and a once in three months procedure and read an essay of his own writing on a subject he pleased. Our debates were to be under the direction of a president and to be conducted in the sincere spirit of inquiry, inquiry after truth uh, without fondness for dispute or desire of victory, and to prevent warmth and expressions of positiveness in opinions or direct contradiction were after some time made contraband and prohibited under small pecuniary penalties. Which seems to be like an old version of a mastermind, isn't it? Like, even though, I gotta have to say, like, masterminds, me thinking about masterminds just actually kind of drives me, I don't want to say crazy, you know, because I know there's a bunch of people with masterminds, and it's probably also going to be a pretty good thing. It is actually what um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, or actually Dale Carnegie said in just, I think it's actually been the first page of How to Win Friends and Influence People, which was actually a few pages. I think like it's been an introduction, some sort of, and it might have been like 10 pages long or something. And it was only an introduction how to read the book. And he said that you should have a mastermind and you should be talking about those things. And it really does make sense. You know, if it is applicable for everyone, Probably not really, you know, because not everyone's having a mastermind and not everyone's also having some other people that are interested in the exact same thing as he is interested in or she is interested in. Not really, you know, of course, if you're just having siblings that are quite as old as you are, might be a good thing, you know, also for the connection between you and your sibling and whatnot. And, but in general, I think it is a good idea. On the other hand, it's like it, it, it got such an expression, you know, it got such, such an expression of, okay, you know, I'm having my mastermind. And it's like, I kind of also feel like that it might also be an excuse for some people to not do things. Like, I'm going to go to my mastermind and I'm going to learn there quite a lot of things. Yeah, you know, you're learning quite a lot of things, but are you actually also using them? Often, I guess it's not going to be the case, you know, because learning something, learning something is important and getting the knowledge is also really important and just having the theory is also really important. But if you're not acting on it, if you're not doing something with it, it's quite just unnecessary somehow, you know? It's like, okay, you know it, you have the knowledge, but you're not doing anything about it. So, hmm, not kind of the just optimal thing, which is the best thing, I guess, you can be doing with knowledge, like not using it. Ben Franklin's virtue. Temperance. Eat not to dullness. Drink not to elevation. Silence. Speak not... Oh, I see. Temperance. Eat not to dullness. Drink not to elevation. Silence, speak not but what may benefit others or yourself. Speak not but what may be... Okay, I see. Uh, avoid trifling conversation. Order, let all your things have their places. Let each part of your business have its time. Resolution, resolve to perform what you ought. Perform without fail what you resolve. Frugality, make no expense but to do, but to do good to others or yourself. It's actually a really good one. Make no expense but to do good to yours, to yourself and or to others. But the important thing is that he says, but to do good to others or yourself. 
which I kind of assume that it's going to be more about other people than it is about you in the end. Waste nothing in the stream, lose no time, be always employed in something useful, cut off all unnecessary actions, sincerity, use no hurtful deceit, think innocently and justly, and if you speak, speak accordingly, speak accordingly. Justice, wrong, none by doing injuries or omitting the benefits that are your duty. Moderation, avoid extremes, forbear resenting injuries so much as you think they deserve. Cleanliness, tolerate no uncleanliness in both clothes or habitation. In body, clothes, and habitation, tranquility, be not disturbed at trifles or at accidents common or unavoidable. Uh, chastity, humility, chastity, okay, it's just a word, I guess. Humility, imitate Jesus and Socrates. Quite funny, you know, quite funny that he's talking about Socrates there, I guess. Ben Franklin's schedule. This is going to be really interesting because I know that this is, that it is a pretty tough one, I think. But yeah, we're going to see. So wake up at 6 a.m. Ask, what Good, shall I do this day? Which is an amazing question. What good shall I do this day? Work from 7 to 12 EAT, or it's, it's eat. <laughs> so work from 7 a.m. to 12 a.m. Eat and read from 12 to 2, which is like 7, 3, 5 hours of working. Then we're having from 12 to 2, it's 4 hours of um Oh, of eating and, and reading, I'm sorry. Uh, from two to six, chill, which is four hours of just relaxation, which is quite something, to be honest. But like, it probably does make sense. From seven to 10, ask, what good have I done today? And then sleep from 10 to six, which is uh, eight hours, which actually is eight hours. And I actually like to have the schedule as well. I'm now really somehow having a schedule on, uh, on the weekend as well, you know? especially on, on Saturday, I'm actually getting up at 6 a.m. because like during the week, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. But I kind of feel like, well, I kind of just am willing to have one more hour of either being awake just on a day before on Friday or on Saturday and not just sleeping an hour more. You know, it would be quite nice. But then I'm actually kind of just working right ahead. I do not eat anything in the morning, which seems to be the case for him quite as well. You know, the question there is, what is he doing between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m.? I don't know, maybe there's some sort of a morning routine. I guess there is. But yeah, the Ben Franklin effect. Having heard that he had in his library a certain very scarce, scarce and curious book, I wrote a note to him expressing my desire of pursuing that book and requesting he would do me the favor of lending it to me for a few days. He sent it immediately and I turned it in about a week with another note, expressing strongly my sense of the favor. Uh, when we next met in the house... He spoke to me, which he had never done before and with great civility, and he ever uh, after manifested a readiness to serve me on all occasions so that we became great friends and our friendship continued to his death. This is another instance of the truth of an old maxim I had learned which says, he that has once done you a kindness will be more ready to do another than he whom you yourself have obliged. So I'm going to repeat it because I've... <laughs> I'm not a good reader, you know, even though I kind of feel like that today's actually, I'm, I'm doing quite well, to be honest, some sort of, not like really, really well, but for my kind of just uh, abilities, I would say. He that has once done you a kindness will be more ready to do you another than he whom yours, you yourself have obliged. And obliged, just because I actually don't know, means thankful and grateful. It basically says, if you're doing something for 
another person, the chances are way higher that this person is going to do something good for you than if you've already received something good from this person, I assume. I experienced too the truth of the observation that after getting the first hundred pound, it is more easy to get the second. Money itself being of a prolific, and prolific actually means abundant, bountiful, yeah, you know, I, I think it actually is the case because the more money you're having, the more money you're also just able to invest in stocks, other businesses, yourself, your business, whatever. But yeah, I think it's actually going to be the end of the episode. I hope that you have been able to learn something. I hope it's not been boring. But yeah, I'm going to see you the next time. I at least hope so. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and also to the YouTube channel, no matter where you are. I would It would really just mean a lot to me, you know, because it is quite some work that I'm putting into this thing that I'm doing here, you know, but I really, really like it, you know, especially I've, I've been uh, experienced some sort of a, experienced some sort of a, I don't know, up again or high again, in terms of like, I feel really good about recording the episode, you know, there has been some time where it's been like, okay, you know, I have to record an episode and whatnot, and I don't know, like, some episodes still are just not going to be that good, you know, but it is actually what it is, you know. I wish you the best health of awareness and also success and I also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy. Three other questions are, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three are hopefully going to show you your purpose and maybe even a business idea since a lot of companies started out with solving something that's quite fucked up. You know? But yeah, I'm going to see you the next time. I at least hope.